This week, Milanovic walks. Andrew from the Turf District gives us the temperature at Edmonton. And we're joined by the juice man himself, the newly extended Alden Darby. It's the Argos Fancast. You can find us anywhere you find your friend the neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast anywhere you find your podcasts. And you can find us specifically on our new home, the ArgosFanCast.podbean.com. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast on the Twitter machine. And joining us as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter, I'm at, at ArgoFans. Or you can check out my website, www.argofans.com, where we discuss Argos football in more than 140 characters. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. I really got to get to work on that suit of armor. You know that, right? I really got to get to work on that. Yeah, we're, they're, they're set to have a season. So and even if we're not allowed in, we may go tailgate. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Woo! <laughs> so where can they find you, Doug? Uh, I, you, can find, you can find me at DougB519 on Twitter. Uh, you can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. Just give well, well, uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash double blue order. Twitter at double blue order on Instagram at the double blue order. All right. Now, first off, we uh, kind of need to run down uh, what the Argos have been doing lately. They've signed a lot of dudes. Uh, so last we talked, we were, I think we left off with them them uh re-signing Boris Beatty Bayday. Um we added a, a pair of American receivers in Daniel uh Braverman and Craig Rucker. Then we re-signed D Canadian DB Arjan Kulkun. We you, probably probably, just, we, you probably just butcher the pronunciation of that. Probably. We'll get him on one day to tell us exactly how that's pronounced so I can get it right. Um, and then we, we made it. We, we signed uh, our big catch from the 2020 year, Jawan Breskison. And uh, we also brought in Mike Tyson. Not the same Mike Tyson. This one's a, an America, a 27-year-old American DB. From there, we went on to uh, extend Shaq Richardson and uh, and O-line, Canadian O-lineman Maurice Simba. Then we re-added Jeff Richards and extended the contracts of D.B. Cresden Butler, linebacker Curtis Atkins, and offensive lineman uh, Jatitis Allen. 
Whew, and we didn't stop there. We re-signed Alden Darby and signed American wide receiver, former Pittsburgh Steeler, Martavis Bryant. Yes, that Martavis Bryant. Yes, uh, a key part of the days of our Steelers saga. Shout um, out urinating tree. <laughs> and, uh, and most recently, we made a trade with Winnipeg to acquire a Canadian center, Cody Speller, from the Blue Bombers for and the Blue Bombers sixth round pick, 52nd overall in 2021. Uh, for our our sixth round pick number forty eight overall, and uh, and uh, well, I think we I thought we gave them two draft picks and another draft pick in there somewhere. Uh, I'm just not seeing it. So we signed some dudes. Yeah, we certainly needed a center. I think that was our um, our source of anxiety in the off season last year when we still thought that the season might be played. Um, now it should be noted that Speller played center during the Bombers playoff run only. Uh, it sounds like he played guard the rest of the year. So, you know, not a lot, not a whole lot of experience as a center, but, we needed something. Yeah, I mean, well, now now we've got two guys who are, uh, well, you know what? This is kind of becoming a, a a thing with the Ar- the Argos bringing on players, guys who can play multiple spots. We got Philip Blake, who is uh, who we picked up before the non-existent 2020 season, who can play center guard and has played some tackle, um, uh, but he's mostly a guard and uh, and can play center. Uh, and then just about everybody uh, in our defensive backfield can play pretty much every position there. It, you know, so we got guys who can move around when when we need it. I think that's that's great. And then adding the uh, Martavis Bryant, who looked like he was going to be a a pretty big star before uh, some. Um, some green issues happened in uh, in the states. We got caught and, with the electric lettuce. And uh, as a result of said electric lettuce, he's now suspended. But that stuff that he was caught with, I guess, um, is legal up here. So let's let him prove himself up here. Six four, two hundred and ten pounds. That is a big target yeah uh yeah i know some some people were asking if it violates the ricky williams rule and because he's and it's because he doesn't have a team at the moment right it doesn't it doesn't violate the ricky he's a free agent correct and uh average 21.1 yards uh, catch in his rookie season back in 2014 dude can ball yeah now we just need to solidify the man who's going to throw him the ball. Yes. Now, let's be clear here. We do have a quarterback. Matt Nichols is under contract for another two years. But 
like every team in the CFL, they're looking to restructure the deal to save a little bit of money. But that hasn't happened yet. I think now that Mazzoli signed in Hamilton, I think the dominoes will fall fairly quickly. Yep, and uh, hopefully, because, I mean, right now, if you look at our roster... You don't have any, you know. <laughs> we we have Matt Nichols, who is signed for another two years. Yeah. But that's it. Michael O'Connor <laughs> Michael O'Connor is still listed there, but he becomes a free agent. So I think I think they're going to have to make a decision on whether he's worth it or not at this point. I I would hope that he's worth it and. You know, a couple of years under Matt Nichols and he's ready to take the helm. But, you know, that's that's the fan in me coming when out. Do, sorry, when does the free agent uh, madness begin? February the 9th. Oh, okay. oh, it's earlier this year. Yeah, it's a week earlier, I guess. Oh, OK. And oh. There, look, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people's free agents. Yeah, we let's see. Let's just go through the list of. Uh, who's, got, Argos, who's still uh, not under contract. Chris Aki and Natea J. Those are two important uh, signings. Alex Bazzi. I would love to have him in here. Yeah, I guess Mikel Bethel-Thompson is technically listed as a free agent here. Yeah. Um, Regis Sipasu. Yeah. Paul, yeah. Yeah, Re- Regis, I think. Wasn't he uh, playing some fullback as well? He was, yes. Yeah. So, so it's you know that's that's one they're going to have to make a decision on. Paul Kozakazachuk. Okay. Um, Combo. That's that's a guy signing. I want. Yeah. Jordan Moore, who I think the Argos had acquired from Hamilton, and I think they were high on giving him a shot, so. Drake Nevis, who would be a good run stuffer. Michael O'Connor, Denzel Radford, Craig Rowe, and Robert Woodson. Yeah, on this on this list, I I think as much as I would love to see more Canadian talent on this team, I think Robert Woodson is going to be on the outside looking in. Um, but I would, I mean, they my Priorities would be Chris Aki, um, Bola Combo, and then and then I would look at Natea J, Alex Bazzi, um, figure out what it's going to take to get Law Firm back in here, and I guess well as you said the high end more what you know where where are you guys at for your priorities on this list? Aki, Lokombo, and Ajay. Agreed. <laughs> Jeez, I'd love to see Craig Rowe on there, too. The guy... The, the... A student of the game. Yeah, he's a yeah. real huge... And, you know, he could help a lot of guys, too. Um, but she, that, 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 that's a long wish list that we got. <laughs> You know, we wanted to see some of these guys guys in uniform, and we didn't get to do it last year, obviously. Yep. Um, 
and you know, it looks like they're trying to keep the the cost down a little bit, so we probably won't see some of these guys. Yeah. And we still have a training camp to get through, so who knows who's going to get cut out of there, too. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of things that going missing, um, Scott Milanovic has uh, left his post as the head coach of the Edmonton football team. He resigned on Monday after uh, it, it kind of started to spread that he was in the running for quarterback coach for the recently promoted Marcus Brady in Indianapolis for the Colts. And Brock Sunderland confirmed that later on Monday afternoon that he had resigned his position to take a job in the NFL. He didn't even coach a single game and he's gone down to the NFL again. So we are going to bring on our friend of the show from the newly christened Turf District podcast, Andrew Haskins. Andrew, welcome back to the Argos Fancast. Thank you for having me. Now, got to get some business out of the way first. With the with the the recent change of the winds in the Alberta capital, there's been some changes to your show. There has been. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, with the name change coming, we decided it was time for us to move away from the name as well. And so uh, we have rebranded now as the Turf District podcast. Now, I mean, most of our most of our listeners have probably listened to your show, so they, they know the reference to the Turf District. But for those who don't know. Oh, yeah, I can fill that in. Absolutely. Uh, it was uh, it was in our first season we were uh, recording and uh, it was right at the same time that uh, they were just getting ready to open uh, Rogers here at um, in Edmonton for the Oilers. And so the the area that was in front of the building or right around the building, they were calling it the Ice District. And on the show, I was kind of making fun of it and said, well, I guess we're just naming it after whatever we play on. So we're, we're, we're the turf district and it just kind of stuck. And so then when I got my room, my, my totally Edmonton football team room, uh, we just renamed it the turf district. And so, uh, it just made sense when we had to make this evolution into a new iteration of, of who we are to, uh, go with something that people know and, and know the turf district is where we huddle up to talk, uh, all Edmonton football team. And, and hopefully soon we'll be able to say Edmonton, whatever's football team. <laughs> and, uh, we're looking forward to when that happens too. A lot better than the name redacted right now. I can tell you that Edmonton much. Redacted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we could, uh, yeah. At first, that was one of the suggestions: is we just redact the, the the old name and just call it the Empire Podcast. But uh, we thought, yeah, you know, probably people would think we were like the TV show Empire. Uh, this is going to get out of control, and we're going to get lots of people upset. So we'll just name it something. And and as it turns out, Turf District also spells TD, and we all like those. So we'll take it. Now, a lot of people don't know that, you know, you guys, uh, the, the, you know, you, Kayla and Mike all got caught up in this name change controversy where I think people, you had one, you know, the pro name change people thinking you were anti name change and vice versa, right? 
yes, we had a lot of that going on. Uh, I caught a lot of it just because uh, obviously I run our a lot of our social media. And uh, so, yeah, w- and, and we weren't it was funny because we kind of at the beginning were we're anti-changing the name because we that was our tradition and obviously there was uh, you know some privilege that we needed to learn about as well in there and uh and because it was it was our history it was what we always knew and so when the time came though that i know beginning of last year we were talking about you know uh, okay we started to learn a bit more about why it was important to change it and so then we felt okay well we kind of can see where this would be a good idea and but it didn't matter what side we would take uh we would always get attacked by the other side <laughs> so um so it made it very difficult for a while and uh, and like you said, um, you know, even if we were to speak out on on a different issue, uh, like, let's say, a Black Lives Matter or Gay Pride Day or whatever, which we support, then it was, well, yeah, but look at the name of your show and the name of your team. And it was it was like we just couldn't win. So, yes. Um, so it, it was an appropriate time for us to say, OK, we support the name change. So let's change our name, too. Now, the big new, well, the latest big news coming out of Edmonton. Um, <laughs> the latest <laughs> negative news? We yes. have a lot of that as of late. <laughs> yeah, so, so Scott Milanovic is, is out. He resigned to take a job in the NFL. We all pretty much know what that job is going to be, but it hasn't been announced. How is Edmonton taking this since he didn't even have a chance to coach a game? <laughs> yeah, well, he's undefeated, right? Um, <laughs> he's also winless too. <laughs> it's very, yeah, I, I like undefeated better, but that's fine. Um, no, I think, you know, the thing is, is, uh, especially after the whole Chris Jones debacle in 2015, where they were already talking about going to the riders on the flight home with the gray cup. Um, you know, it's, it, I think we're a little sensitive to coaches just up and leaving. <laughs> so, uh, so to say that we're taking this real well is probably a little far from the truth. But I, I guess the one thing that I will say is that as somebody who is obviously in business and, and I get it, the fact that one league played last year and the other one didn't, and we've got one league that's going to push through no matter what, and we have another league that seems like they have a plan to get started and get things going, but we don't really know. Um, I, I can see where uh, there might be that draw to take the opportunity down south again. So um, I think, and, and Brock said this when they talked to him afterwards, I think it would be different if we had a chance to play last year and Scott had a chance to work with that team and see what he could build and and kind of take over. But because we never really had that, it was like he never really started. And so it, I think it was easier for him to make that choice. Not, not that it was easy, but easier to make that choice. Yeah. But how, how would you feel if you, I mean, how would you feel if you were a, a player? Because Edmonton's been very active in uh, the pre- free agency signing period, you know, you sign with an expectation, okay, I'm going to be playing for this coach. And now he's all of a sudden gone. So uh, I guess, let me put it this way. Do you think Edmonton has done enough already that, you know, this instability, uh, you know, if they're going to have trouble signing free agents, you think they've done enough 
before this to put a competitive team on the field? Uh, yes, I, I do. I, I think that, I think that, yes, you did have some players that came specifically in mind with, I'm going to play for Scott Milanovic. And in the meantime, uh, I think a lot of our other leaders on the team, you know, guys like Trevor Harris, guys like Ryan King, um, guys like David Beard, uh, uh, probably have reached out to a lot of these guys and they have, that little bit of connection to, you know, even Kwaku. Um, he he's one of those guys that would reach out and say, hey, th- this is a good deal. This is this, is, you know, and I think the team camaraderie, I think, was partly is there already. Um, and I think that a lot of the it's not like they weren't meeting with each other all last year, just it was virtually. Um, so I think that some of those bonds are already there. Now, do I think it's easy to just all of a sudden go, wait, our coach is gone? Like, absolutely not. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where they move from here to actually kind of appease everybody. Like, one of my biggest concerns is that, you know, Trevor Harris has a really good relationship with Scott Milanovic. And who is that new coach that's going to come in and is that going to work well for Trevor? Not that I think that he's not a team player. I think he absolutely is. But there is definitely that, you know how you have that connection with certain people that you work with and you want to work with them more. And I am i don't know how that would play out when you put in a new head coach. So uh, I guess we'll see what the, and I'm assuming in a moment we're going to talk about the candidates, uh, but uh, it we'll see what the move is and then how much disruption does it mean for the entire coaching staff? Well, and I guess that leads us right to that then, you know, right now the, the, the guy that a lot of people are talking about is Noel Thorpe, but Scott Milanovic also had the offensive coordinator title as well. So you really don't have a lot of experience leading that offense. So, I mean, are you going to go with the offensive head or defensive head coach or bring in somebody, somebody else who might, uh, might fit better offensively? Yeah. Well, I think that, I think the big four names that have been mentioned, one of course, like you just said is, is Noel Thorpe. And, uh, we all know that he's been kind of that head coach in waiting for a long time. Um, is this the proper situation? It might be difficult at this point because, who does take over that offensive role? Like you said, I don't know that Winston October is quite ready to be an OC. Um, I think he was definitely studying to get there, but he was studying under Milanovic. Um, and, and of course, before he was studying under Elizondo, who is now another option that could be coming in. Uh, I think Elizondo, honestly, if it's at all possible, and I know that you don't want to just go with the easy fit, but ser- he would seriously be the easiest one. He could come in. They were trying to get him as a head coach when they hired Scott, but he couldn't get out of his XFL uh, contract. So if he comes in, he can be OC. He can be the head coach. He learned under Milanovic. So the system won't be so drastically different that the guys wouldn't be able to pick it up. Noel Thorpe's can stay on the defensive side, which he runs an amazing defense and it's kind of an, uh, an easier fit overall without having to replace a ton of guys. Um, if Noel Thorpe goes in there, then I think the search then becomes, well, who is going to be that offensive coordinator? Uh, and I, I don't even have some names off the top of my head that I would say, well, this is the next guy. So we might have to wait on that. 
Uh, I know another guy that they've talked about is Mark Killam coming out of Calgary. And uh, a lot of players love playing for him. Uh, I think if they bring him in, that'll be different because it's an outside coach coming in that then may want to have his own staff. And, you know, that could be an issue, right? So, um, so there's lots of different opportunities there. And of course, then the one that everybody wants to talk about is Chris Jones saying, Hey, bring me back. I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to do it again. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, no, you blew your chance. You right. do not need to come back here. And again, we don't need another defensive guy in the middle of all this. Yeah. Stay with the Browns. Well, you know what? <laughs> Actually, just stay somewhere else. That's all I <laughs> like. I, I, I might still be bitter. I don't know. Maybe, but um, yeah. No. It, it, why bring a guy in that you know that within a year or two years he's bolting and leaving you in the same lurch? I, I don't know that that's a great choice. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me to look to Chris Jones. Mark Killam is a, That's an interesting. I mean, he's been in Calgary forever. Yeah, the one nice thing yeah. I think with him is, like I said, the players all say they love playing for him. He interviewed very well, supposedly, when they did the interview process the last time when they brought in Scott. So he, he's definitely up there as the kind of one of the next guys that is going to get a head coaching gig. Right. Um, my thing with, again, with him is the the positives are players love playing for him and he has this positivity. But I, I think also... Uh, he he comes from a really good system in Calgary that he might want to try and and emulate here, and I, I can't say I'd be upset with that because they they do have a very good coaching system in Calgary. Um, as that pains me to say that, of course, but I hope that you know that that would carry over. Um, but again, then he's likely going to want to bring in his guys. You can't tell me that there isn't that you know in the back of his mind of okay, well, Devon Claybrooks is available and I know he runs a good defense. <laughs> like, you know, there there might be uh, a little bit of a wholesale change if they bring in Killam. Um, but I am, uh, you know, excited about the possibility of having a young guy that might want to just stay here and, and be here for a long time too. Well, I guess we're just going to have to kind of wait and watch to see uh, how the football turns in Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 that's the story of our lives in the last three years. It's like, oh, it's Jason Moss throwing a fit. It's, uh, he has to go. He doesn't have to go. Then it's a name change thing. Then Dwayne Mandrusiak goes. Then Joey Moss dies. It's just like, holy, can we, when do we get the positive news? It's got to be coming sooner or later. Um, I do think, though, we will find out, I hope, sooner rather than later. And I hope that they're able to find a coach that they could put in prior to free agency, which has a tight window, but I hope they can find somebody to put in there so that much like you were saying before, Will, your free agent guys know who is the guy that I'm going to be playing for because that definitely plays a big role in them choosing uh, where they're going to end up. All right, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining us to uh, let us know what the, what the temperature is in Edmonton right now, I guess. Um, and uh, just one final thing, can you just let everybody know where they can find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. And as always, thanks for having me on, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Love chatting with you. And uh, of course, it's always fun to hang out with the CF Pod Network family. So uh, so you can find us now on Twitter at the Turf District. Um, it's, a, it's the Turf District. I should probably say that clearly. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, the Turf District Podcast. And on Instagram, it's at the Turf District. Uh, and of course, every Monday night, we're on YouTube. Well, not every Monday night, I shouldn't say that every second monday night and during the off season we're on youtube live and uh we uh, kind of s- chat and talk about uh, what's going to come on the show and then every tuesday uh or every second tuesday in the off season our show will be out on all of your favorite podcatchers starting next week all right thank you very Good much stuff. andrew yeah. awesome wait. thanks guys thank <laughs> yeah. you very much andrew you bet have a good night and that was Andrew Hoskins from the Turf, Turf District podcast. Uh, always great to have Andrew on. Coming up next, we are going to bring on, well, he's now the veteran of the Argos defense, Alden Darby. Joining us, he's coming from, the, from Long Beach to the Six, the juice man himself, Alden Darby. Alden, it's hey, glad hey, to ha- hey. glad to have you back as uh, as an Argo. You, you're now the veteran of this uh, defensive backfield. Yeah, uh, I guess you can call it that. I mean, I don't really like to put titles or anything on things, just because I feel like as as humans, as athletes, and just as people in general, you know, we can never stop learning, we can never stop evolving, we we can never stop growing. You know, there might be a rookie that comes in and he might teach me something. You know, um, so. Yeah, I guess you can call me uh, a veteran back there, you know. Now, the one thing that I, I – we saw your, your nickname come out in 2019, Juice Man. What's what's behind that nickname? Why Juice Man? Um, so in college, when I was in college at Arizona State, um, we had got uh, – my going, going into my junior year, we had got an entire new coaching staff, and – um, they were trying to gather gather as much information as they can on the players, just trying to get to know everybody and get to know everybody individually and everybody's character. So my DB coach, uh, Chris Ball, he actually you know, was studying me, you know, Googling my videos, and just kind of seeing my demeanor and how I walked around and how I carried myself every day. <laughs> Excuse me. And he was like, um, you know, dude, you're, you're always energetic. You're always happy. You're always smiling. You're always dancing. Like, I haven't seen you had a bad day or a down day. Since I've been here, you know, you got the juice. I'm going to call you the juice man. And that kind of stuck with me. So I was kind of like, you know what? He's actually right. You know, I am always happy. I'm always dancing. I mean, I'm always trying to make other people laugh. I'm always smiling. So I was like, you know what? That is kind of, you know, I got the juice. And so I, that, that kind of just stuck with me. And uh, ever since then, I've been a juice man. Now, um, we kind of had big headlines right before COVID hit or the, the, the big, you know, massive lockdowns and everything. You moved up to uh, Toronto. Are you still in Toronto? Yes, I'm still here. So what what made you make that decision to move up here? Well, well, for me, I'm I'm a huge uh, I'm a, I'm a huge family man. I come from a big family, and uh, I'm huge in the community. And I'm huge into like giving back just because I feel like if it weren't for those people that helped me along along my life, and you know all the people that played a, a role in my life to get here, I wouldn't be who I am today. And so, um, any place I'm at, I always want to try to give back and you know, be a part of that community and understand that community. And um, coming to the CFL, you know, an entire new country, coming to Canada with, you know, different lingos and di- different money and just a total different experience 
I didn't want to just be that um, American player that just comes here. You know, because this is another country. This is another way of living. I want to show the country and show the CFL and show the fans that, you know, I, I do genuinely appreciate um, how they've opened the door for us Americans to have another opportunity to play, continue to play this game at a high level that we love so much, you know. So, um, for me, ultimately, it was the easy decision. Now, I and mean, that's kind of a, like a, the thinking of that was kind of a throwback to the way a lot of players were, you know, way back in the day, um, you know, in the in the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, 80s and 90s, when a lot of players would make the you know move up here permanently. And we've we've had a lot of a lot of guys stay up here. Um, and a lot of those guys have become the 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 cornerstone of, you know, uh, Americans for for lack of a bet, a better term but cornerstone players of the franchises you know are you feeling that that love from the fans like that that you know you are one of the faces of this team now um yeah I definitely feel the love from the fans and the fans are always reaching out to me um like for Thanksgiving I did a huge uh, turkey giveaway um I wanted to do a toy drive for Christmas but uh, with COVID it was kind of just a, a tough situation and gather toys and things like that but um um you know, I do put a love from the fans just because they, they, they see that, you know, the appreciation for us to be here, you know, and I, and, and it's um it's giving back and they kind of like that, you know, because they have a lot of Americans like, you know, come here and, you know, you know be here and just leave, you know. So I definitely put a love from the fans and it's been greatly appreciated. When you when you first came to the Argos in 2017, what would you say was the uh, Canadian football rule that took you the longest to get used to? Uh, I would say being two yards off the ball, you know, because when I was, you know, when I was in, a, in the league and all through high school being a press corner, um, I like to just kind of, you know, be as close as I can, um, to, you know, to get my hands on them. But uh, to be two yards off the ball, it's kind of like, you know, you got to have, you know, really good feet because you, you're, you're, you know, you're not really going to get a jam on the guy because, you know, you're so far off the ball. I would definitely say the um, yeah, two yards off the ball and, and the waggle, you know, having somebody um, running at you full speed, like a guy like Speedy Banks coming at you full speed was definitely a, a transition for me. And Banks was the first guy I think you went up against in the CFL, wasn't it? Your first game was yes. Labor Day. Yeah, Banks, Banks was the uh, – in 2017, it's, it's actually a funny thing that talk about the wide receiver. In 2017, um, I think I gave up when I was here in eight – I played eight, eight, eight or ten games. I ended up getting hurt. And I believe I only gave up one touchdown my first year here, and my only touchdown was to Banks, and it came off of the waggle. And so uh, we had a big rule of thumb. Um, you know, new Americans that come here, if you don't practice the waggle enough and, and things like that, don't you dare go in a game and, and guard the waggle. And so I'm a few games in, I'm playing well, I've got a couple interceptions, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, feeling myself a little bit. And uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name at the time, but uh, a receiver, had, the machine that I was guarding motion down the line and Speedy Banks and him, I swapped. And normally I, I knew I was supposed to switch, but I looked at uh, Brandon Harris and I said, nah, man, I got it, I got it. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have it, <laughs> and that's, that's what Banks did. And that's what Banks scored on me. I believe that was the only touchdown I gave up my first year here. So after that, coach, I got on the phone. The coach said, "Don't you ever go guard the waggle if you didn't practice in practice." And I was like, "Yes, sir." And but now I, I got a good grip on it now. Yeah, I remember your first uh, touch uh, interception for a touchdown was uh, Darian Durant threw this ball that I still to this day don't know what he was. Who he was, who the intended receiver was, but it was this law pass, and you were right there, and that was your first CFL. Do you remember anything about that play? Yeah, so we were in the, um, we were in like a cover two, 
and I was about eight yards off the ball. And um, and I just kind of looked at the situation, you know, down a distance and, you know, kind of what um Montreal liked to do at that time. And uh, the receiver at that time was actually a friend of mine, Ty- uh, Taekwon Underwood. And, um, you know, all game long, they really weren't throwing deep like that because they didn't really have too much time because back then, you know, we had Sean Lemon and Victor Butler getting a lot of pressure. So everything was coming out quick. And um, I had just seen Ty- – you just kind of read the meaning. I just seen Taekwon kind of just take one lazy step up the field. I was like, oh, this is strange. You know, I've seen this play play out one too many times, and I just took off running. And I was actually going for the tackle, but then once I seen how far the ball was, I said, oh, this is mine. And uh, just went, went for the interception, and, and, and the rest was easy. So you had one interception and one touchdown, and then the following year you had two interceptions and two touchdowns. What happened in 2019? You had five interceptions. I, you, by, by process of elimination, you should be having five touchdowns there. Yeah, I know, right? That's <laughs> so, yeah, so I, that was actually I was kind of upset about that. You know, I normally, uh, you know, my, my my nickname, my social media name is you know Pick Six Darb, and um, that came because you know for me, um, it, I mean, obviously I don't score every time, but um, I'm I always find a way to get the to get the ball, and I always find a way to flip field position. And so um, I was kind of upset that I didn't score last year, but I was actually happy that the interceptions went up. You know, I should have had six, but. Uh, a flag caught on uh, my counterpart Shaq Richardson, which wasn't a flag. Kind of called one back in the last game of the Hamilton, of the Hamilton game. But um, yeah, I was glad to see the numbers going up, you know. But I wanted to score for sure. I'll score this year for sure. Well, we're looking forward to that. Now you you mentioned Shaq Richardson. I've seen read a lot that you've you've actually known a lot of these guys that you're going to be playing with this year for uh, several years. Oh yeah, I've known Shaq probably over a decade now. Um, we're both from the same, you know, we're both from L.A., well, from Long Beach, from L.A. Um, he went to U of A, I went to Arizona State. We've been training together for the past eight years, nine years um, at the same facility. We played together in the All-Star game. Uh, we know each other really well. You know, we uh, we balance each other really well. We um, we hold each other accountable really well. We speak a lot of the same language. Um, and that was kind of our biggest thing going into it was, you know, if we ever got the opportunity up here to see if we to play together, like we would, you know, and because we just know what what each other brings to the table. It's actually funny. He actually just texted me when I picked the phone up uh, right now and talking football with me. But um, <laughs> with me and him, it's just all about accountability and just, you know, holding people accountable and, you know, wanting the best out of guys, you know, and he knows me. I know him. And um, it's going to be really exciting to get a full year together with him, you know. Well, we are definitely looking forward to that. Did you, did you cross paths yeah, with Martavis? Bryant, when you were with the Steelers at all? Oh, yeah. Me, yeah, me, I'm, I'm really good friends with Martavis as well. We played together at uh, Pittsburgh. Um, still to this day, uh, a lot of my friends know it. I mean, I still talk, I still speak highly about Martavis, not just because he's a friend of mine, but um, because I, I look at talent, you know, over, over anything. And when you when you show me a guy that's 6'4", 6'5", and runs a 4'3", and can make juke moves like he's 5'10", you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to be very hard to convince me that there's somebody out there better than him. Um, I've always thought that he's one of the best ever. And, you know, I know his NFL career with how it went, but I've always thought that, in my opinion, you know, like I, said, I look at kind of talent and not kind of the other things, but talent-wise and uh, what he's capable of doing, um, he's able to do it with the best of them, you know, and the dude is scary. <laughs> the dude is the dude is scary. I'll be the first to tell you, the dude is scary. You know, and I don't say that about too many people, but the the, the characteristics and abilities that he that he possesses, at his size and his speed and everything like that, he's definitely going to be a problem. 
Now, you've, you've been speaking really highly of a lot, a lot of other players and you're very positive about that. And you know, a couple things that I read, and, and it was an article last uh, about this time last year um, that came out in Argonauts.ca, where Michael Clemens, an Argos legend, um, and probably you know should be the the next mayor of Toronto if he ever wanted to be, uh, start was referencing the attributes of a great player in relation to you. Um, the mm. quote that I pulled actually said, you know, the wonderful thing about great players is they challenge themselves more than you challenge them. Um, he's been way too hard on himself last season because he's that kind of pro. Um, how much did something like that from, you know, Michael Clems, you probably figured out, you know, exactly, you know, what he means to Toronto and the CFL, but how much does that mean coming from somebody like Michael Clemens? I mean, it means the world, you know, I mean, it means a lot, you know, he, um, he's a guy from the States that came up here and, um, you know, I, I look up to him a lot because I see him smiling. You know, in my eyes, he's, if you want to know where the nickname Juice Man has come from, you know, if we switch roles, he's the Juice Man. <laughs> how he acts is, is, is exactly how I am on a day-to-day basis, you know, smiling, um, happy, energetic. And so when I see him, I see, you know, I see myself a lot of times, you know. And so I look at him and I kind of sit back and I try to learn, you know, not so much about, about the football aspect, but, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in life and how you treat people and how you go about your, you know, your day-to-day life and how you treat others and how you make the world a better place. You know, football is going to be football. X's are going to be O's, you know. X's are going to be X's and O's are going to be O's. I care about, you know, character. I care about somebody as a person. And so just looking at pinball, how he is in the community, how he is with his family, and how he is with us, you know, it's, it's, it's truly a sight to see. And so I look up to him a lot. Um, and, and hearing those words come from him, that means a lot to me because he is somebody that I aspire to be like, um, you know, in my in my later life. Um, and even now, you know, with, with, like I said, it's not about football, it's about, you know, day-to-day life. And as a person, he's definitely somebody I look up to and I want to, you know, kind of, you know, continue to be like, you know. But uh, hearing those words is amazing, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. I am actually, you know, hard on myself, but I just, I just you know, I just know that I'm I'm playing ball for a greater cause, and 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 you know ball has always been everything to me, and and I know what I'm capable of, and when I fall short, I just I just don't I don't like letting my teammates down. And last spe- speaking of ball, you know you've had now an extended off season. Um, what cut? Which Alden Darby is going to take the field? What's going to be new about Alden Darby when he when he takes the field in 2021? Um, I'll share a little secret with you guys. Um, my, 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 my plan of action thus far, um, since I've had a lot of time off has been, um, you know, I got it written all over every mirror in my house and everywhere in my house is, um, I'm turning back the clock. Um, I'm 28, which I mean, my eyes are still young. You know, uh, my NFL career didn't go as planned. Obviously I've bounced around a lot, no secret there. So I didn't lose any, any years as far as playing years goes, um, when I was in the NFL. I felt like, you know, if I had just got out of college at the age 21, I feel like as far as football goes, I feel like I'm 24. You know, because I've only played three three seasons up here in the CFL. You know, I've just had training camps and things like that in the NFL and practices. Um, so as far as football years go, I feel like I'm, you know, 23, 24 years old. So I kind of, you know, uh, my plan of action has been turning back the clock. And, and what that means is um, – I switched up my entire diet. You know, I've been, um, you know, no processed foods, no dairies, no sugars, um, 100% vegan. And you're just going to kind of see a, a, a much lighter, faster. Because, you know, as you've seen, I've, I've, I've always been playing every every position on the field. Um, 
And I just want to, I just know that, uh, you know, your body is something that's going to be crucial as far as, you know, your play. And so I'm just taking that really, really serious. And I just thinking on, you know, my hard work and my effort and my smarts, I'm just really taking it serious. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to turn back the clock. And like I said, I cut out all processed foods, all dairies, all sugars, all of that stuff. And I went 100% vegan, natural. You know, I'm, I sat here this morning. I made an all-natural Nutella this morning, you know, just to have with my banana bread, you know. But, yeah, that's kind of what my plan of action is, just transforming my body to be the best I can be. Jeez, we should probably hire you to help us out. <laughs> uh, it's crazy that you said that because uh, I, I, coming out soon, there will be you'll see it soon. There's a um, uh, uh, esports team for like gaming that uh, wants to create some content with me. I'm actually gonna be like a uh, on like a gaming show, like a cook. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy because they've seen the things I've been I've been chefing up lately. So look out for these eight to ten episodes coming out soon. Okay, well, where can where just where can uh, people find them when they start coming out? Um. I don't have those exact details yet, but um, I will definitely be posting them and, 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 and make sure the Argos get that information out there as well. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the FanCast, uh, Alden. Um, we look forward to seeing you, you out there in 2021. And uh, we wish you all the best and, uh, and you know, hope, hope you score a little bit more this year than you did uh, the previous year you were on the field. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a guarantee. I'm going to score more and I'm going to get more interceptions. That's, that's the only option. <laughs> so, I'm going yeah. to right, hey. hold you to that. <laughs> oh, no, trust me. Trust me. Like, you heard the talk from Pitbull. I'm, I have to get more. I'm, I'm, I'm barely getting my feet wet now. So I'm ready now. Well, when you score score one at BMO Field, and if they allow us, us into the stadium, come into the, the uh, south end zone, we'll be the Rowdies right on the rail. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure I bring the ball to you. <laughs> all right we'll have, awesome. have doug will have to get you in a double blue order shirt as well oh yeah please for sure that was when i, when I first got here that's all i seen that's all i seen was bbo everywhere <laughs> <laughs> wow we're getting if yeah well de- i'll definitely i'll definitely get uh get the ball rolling on that for sheet for you dar alden absolutely okay, perfect all right thank, thank you, you alden so thank have you a good night thanks alden and that was Alden Darby, the Juice Man. Damn, he was fun. <laughs> yes, he was. Ah, uh, I'm just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I, I, I recruited another Argo for you guys. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> you got bear. You got the bear and the Juice Man now. I feel a bit guilty about the chicken McNuggets I ate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, I yeah. yeah, I was serious. I should do. We should definitely hire him to get our nutrition fixed. Cause yeah, I'm pretty sure none of us are the the greatest. No, and unfortunately, I'm not getting to the. Uh, I'm not getting out for walks right now either because it's cold. Well, yeah. since uh, we're stuck inside, I guess it's. Uh, I guess it's time to do a little bit of reminiscing. Um, yeah. And uh, well, with the announcement of the Grey Cup on Demand portal that uh, that came out earlier, they've just now announced the first set of games that are going to be showing up there. Um, and it's uh, the Grey Cups from uh, the uh, mid-40s uh, through the 50s. And uh, that includes three Argos wins. 
So if you head on over to uh, CFL.ca, and uh, they've got the the link for the Grey Cup on demand right right there, and there's three Argo wins in there, and we only and you know we we only gave up 18 points in those those three wins, 11 to uh, Edmonton in uh, what was it 40 no 52 right will 21 to 11 in 1952 13 to nothing in the bud bowl in 1950 and uh 28 to 6 in 1946 yep that's yeah that's what i'm looking at right now so with that in mind you know since we're talking about classic Argo games, Will, you've got a classic, you've been watching a lot of classic Argo games. Which one are you going to tell us about today? Well, the one I just watched recently can hardly be called a classic. Uh, (laughs) It took place in 1988 between the Argos and the Ottawa Rough Riders. And the 1988 Ottawa Rough Riders were not a very good team. They finished the season with a two and sixteen record, and uh, I want to actually pull up their uh, points for. So in the eighteen game season, they scored two hundred seventy eight points and gave up six hundred and eighteen points. Cool. <laughs> so the Argos went up there. This is an early October. Like, probably Thanksgiving weekend or something. And the Rough Riders kick a field goal in their first drive of the game to make it 3-0. The Argos score 52 unanswered points. (laughs) And they were up 17-3 after two quarters. Ottawa's turning the ball all over the field. Daryl Smith's finding every single hole in the Ottawa secondary. Randy Ambrosi and Dan Froney both go down, mind you. So that's two-fifths of your offensive line. Glenn Kolka's out there. Running wild like he Running wild. Kolkamania's running wild. Reggie Pleasant's intercepting everything thrown at him. And it's just, it's a massacre. It's literally, and Gilbert Renfro overthrows a few balls that would make it a lot worse than it was. In my mind is the clip of the the little kid crying and going, stop, stop, he's already dead. Yeah, I mean... It was, it was not pretty. And if you actually look at that season as a whole, the Argos played the Rough Riders four times, and I will run down the scores of those uh, four games just for reference. So on July 20th, the Argos beat Ottawa 34 to 11. On August the 2nd, the Argos beat Ottawa 41 to 7. 
On October the 8th, the game we're talking about, Toronto won 52-3. And then the next week at Exhibition Stadium, the Argos won 49-7. So the Argos outscored Ottawa in four games, 176-28. to Ouch. And that's why I always say that this was the best Argos team that did not win the Grey Cup. Yeah. Damn. Because if this team, if this team, if this 88 Argos team went to its, if they won the Grey Cup, they'd probably be just slotted somewhere in, they'd be in the discussion with the 83 and 91 teams. So. Wow. Wow. And uh, as I, I, I put power rankings for CFL turfs in the late 1980s, Edmonton <laughs> was number one because they had a grass turf. Every other team in the league was number eight. I should well, forget there were only eight teams at the time because yeah, Ottawa, uh, Montreal. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, everyone else was concrete, pretty, pretty much. And the Ottawa turf looked like green concrete. To be fair, so did Sky Domes, so did Exhibition Stadiums. Olympic Stadium, uh, former Argo defensive end Rick Moore on Twitter told me that of all the of all the turfs, Olympic Stadium was the worst by far. It definitely did not look good. Um, that's for damn sure. Uh, In- indoor turfs back then looked like shit anyway. It looks yeah. like they just painted. It looks like they just friggin' painted the oh. concrete. And only in the CFL. I, I, at one point in the game, there's the Argo uh, guard, Jim Kardash, wearing number 63. So if you look at his helmet, it has number 73 on it. What the hell? Oh, he lost his helmet at some point. Sounds like it. Danny Webb lost his helmet. Or there's some other story to that that we don't know of. No, and... Now I'm interested. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, and you what? get the kickers rocking the awesome single bar uh, face mask. Don't oh, see that God. anymore. Oh, you haven't seen those since Troy Westwood retired. Yeah. yeah. Was, I, I think he was the last one that was allowed to wear it. He was grand. They always use the term grandfathered in, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was him and uh, and. The guy, the guy who came before him, Bob, uh, Bob Cameron. Yeah, well, they, they were Bob Cameron played forever. They were. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they they were the the last two that I can remember wearing that in the CFL. And there's a couple mm-hmm. guys in the NFL that that wore it, and then I think uh, the last guy to wear it, uh, Morton Anderson, switched from that single bar to that plastic molded one that kind of like the kicker's version of the Tracy ham face mask. We do not talk about Morton Anderson in my house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A little bit of painful memories with him. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. All right, Doug, we got a three minute warning. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. Three minutes and we're out of here. We got Yes, we do. Now, Reddit being not on top of being uh, 
putting hedge fund operators out of business. They tend to uh, they tend to come up with some interesting things. Someone actually posted, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you guys have seen this, but they posted Carl Weathers's CFL card. Okay. Yeah, he played. Here's he played linebacker for the Lions in nineteen in nineteen seventy one. It says it's a, it gets got it's got all his uh, stats here. It's got his height six two, weight two hundred twenty pounds. He's an import uh, from San Diego State. And here's the little blurb it says on here. It's and it is bilingual, so don't, I'm not going to bother with the French. It says Carl came to the Lions in 1971 after playing the previous season with the Oakland Raiders of the NFL. In the off season, Carl studies acting. <laughs> okay. Really? Uh, I I never would have noticed after after the Rocky movies, after Predator, after The uh, Mandalorian. Carl Avenue O'Lions um nineteen seventy one. A prey of precedent avec le Raider de Oakland du NFL. Dans le mort saison, Carl étudie la so, so he pretty much went from the black hole to the lion's den. Yes, That's, yes, he did. <laughs> Not bad. <sighs> Studies acting. He don't say. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I. I thought that part was funny. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I just love how it just ends right there. <laughs> he studied acting. Yeah, just, <laughs> he studies acting. That's it. Yeah, it's like we're not gonna tell you what he's been in. <laughs> this guy, this comet wins the internet. Man, he was awesome. Too bad Drago killed him. Throw <laughs> <laughs> uh, the damn towel. <laughs> uh, uh, All right, do we got anything he's else? Chubbs, he's also Chubbs Peterson. <laughs> oh yeah, and a great golfer he was. Um, another thing, our, one of our favorite players, Frank Beltre, he apparently was on a game show in Mexico. Well, Glad to see he's keeping busy. Yeah, he, he, can, he can speak Spanish. He, he was a Spanish play-by-play announcer, color commentator, something like that for when they did the, the CFL games for Mexico for the Grey Cup. Yeah, one year yeah. so. Yeah, and I mean he he's still he's still looking like he he's still looking like he could go actually. So well, I mean, it looks like they're making a run through fire or something. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is this like the Mexican Mexican version of like uh, American Ninja Warrior or something? I have no idea what this is. It's called uh, that. Uh, I'm that not even. Gonna, it's on Telemundo. I know that. I can tell that. But. <laughs> Other than that, I'm no, I have no idea what the hell this is. Yeah, <laughs> like like is a reality competition series where two teams of physically fit contestants compete against each other. Okay. So it's and like, it's filmed oh, in the Dominican Republic, where he's from, I believe, right? Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. 
Cool. That's I mean that's one way to spend your off season. Yeah. Extend it, extend it off season. Yeah, might, might as well. I mean, you got to keep in shape if you if you want to get back in the game somehow, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and he's and he's not the first CFL player to to spend time in the off season on a, on a game show. Jamal Campbell is on Family Feud Canada. Yep. Mm-hmm. Peter Dyakowski's been on Jeopardy. Argo Legend. How did he do on Jeopardy again? I don't remember. I don't. I don't think well. <laughs> but you're he. The, but he was. You're the one who watches it on man. the regular, so I figure. <laughs> you'd at least no, I don't that. think I watched the episode when he was on. I know, I know. I would be rooting for him to go into the negatives. <laughs> but that's just me. <sighs> and there's one thing I wanted to kind of bring up that I, I don't e- I don't know if this was a, a thing last year, but uh, somewhat recent events have uh, made me a lot more aware of this new sponsor that the CFL has. Um, everybody's seen the uh, the security cam footage of the dude at the um, convenience store taking a twisted tea can and exploding it on a would-be robber's head. Well, twisted tea is the official teammate of the CFL apparently now. I don't know if that's new, but I'm first just now noticing this. What? Yeah. So Twisted Tea is the sponsor of the CFL. So I, who, which uh, fan base is going to be the first one to try and explode one of those on somebody's head at a tailgate? It feels like a Hamilton thing. On t- you mean on top? Oh no no no! Not going there! <laughs> not, not going there! Not going there! <laughs> I I had to I, I had to stop myself on that one because Bills cause Mafia they, and you know it. <laughs> oh no 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 no! They no they no Bills Mafia. We all know they would friggin' coat the table in that, light it on fire, then go then jump through it off a ladder. We all know that. We all know that's their mo. Yeah yeah, good point. Or the top of a, a bus or truck or van. Yeah, and and in some cases it would probably go horribly awry. I'm watching this video. God bless America. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh well. On that note, I think that does it for the Argos fan cast. Um, before we go, we want to thank uh, Andrew from the Turf District podcast for joining us to talk uh, some Edmonton football team. And uh, Alden Darby, he's uh, been a star since he, he uh, started playing, start starting for the Argos, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. As long as they, he wants to be here and they want to keep him. He's good for the community, you know. I hope he's around for the long term. Oh yeah, he's he's one of those guys that you know, you 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 see him doing things. He is you know a you know, modern version of uh, of Michael Clements. Yeah, active you know? in the community and always positive. Yeah, always looking forward. So we want to thank Alden Darby uh, for joining us on the show tonight. Now, Will, where can they find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or www.argofans.com. And Doug, where can they find you? You can find me personally at DougB519. You can find the Double Blue Order at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the uh, Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find us at Argos Fancast on Twitter, and you can find copies of our show anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast just search argos fancast it doesn't matter where where you search you're going to find us and uh well very shortly you can go to our brand new home at the argos fancast.podbean.com we are a proud member of the canadian football podcast network you can find them at cfpodnetwork.ca or cfpodnetwork on the twitter machine that does it for the Argos Fancast this week. We will talk to you again in February. Yes, we will. In other words, next week. 